0: Well, hey, uh, welcome to Alive Family Church. Uh, we're so glad to have each and every one of you guys with us, both here in person. And hey, if you're joining us online, thanks again for tuning in with us and being a part of what God's doing here. Uh, man, I'm excited to be back up here. It's been a while since I've gotten to speak. Uh, my lovely wife and Kathleen kind of carried the load for the last month, month and a half. It, it was good. There's a How many of you guys know when you're transitioning buildings, there's a lot of things besides preparing a message to do uh, administratively, and so uh, by... By balancing the teaching load here, you get mom and dad of the house. I think that's healthy, amen, uh, because we all teach and preach differently, and so. but I'm back and uh, I'm, I'm hijacking February, so get ready uh, because I'm locked and loaded, ready to go. Uh, we're starting a brand new series that we are titling Identity. This month, we're going to talk about identity and, and specifically, we're going to look at in Christ realities. If you're like, what on earth does that mean? Right, What are we talking about in Christ? Basically, what we're talking about is we're going to look at who we really are, our true identity, based on what God says about us and based on what Jesus already did for you and I as believers. And as you get into this study, it's so rich, and we'll do our best in four weeks to kind of wet your whistle a little bit. But uh, as you dive into God's word and his scriptures, there are so many scriptures and promises That reveal to us and tell us who we are in Christ because of what Christ did for us. If you study the New Testament alone, there's over 155 verses that deal specifically with you and I's identity because of who we are in Christ. As you study the word of God and you see verses like in him... In Christ, in whom, by whom, those are all in Him or redemptive realities that we, as a legal right, as a believer in Jesus, have claimed to and can have that actually operate and manifest in our lives. And so, just in case you're getting a little nervous, we are not gonna go over all 155 of those this month, all right? Someone's like, whoa gosh, how long is this guy gonna speak, right? Um, today we're gonna cover 1 through 89, all right? Yeah, it's like, all right, pull out your Bibles. Um, but I will say this. We are going to dive into a few each week, and we're going to just be led by the Spirit on which ones we need to camp out on and which ones the Lord really wants to cement in our hearts and our spirits. But I'll say this as we begin today's series, I believe that this series has the potential to literally change your life. I do, honestly. I think any word from God has the potential to change your life if it's taken and mixed with faith and applied in our lives, obviously. Every Sunday, one word from God can change your life. But as we dive into this topic of what our identity, who are we in Christ, when we get a hold of what God says about us, when we begin to think and speak in line with God's word for us, it will literally change the trajectory of your entire life. And so I'm believing, I'm praying for fresh perspective, for fresh vision, for, for a renewal of, man, who am I to, to put the lies of the enemy off of us that he's, for these labels that the world and people in our lives put on us and get God and put on our identity in Christ this month. Watch out church, come on. God, I believe is going to come alive in a fresh and new way if for many of us. And so... Uh, a key scripture for our series this whole month, and I believe the destination that God wants to get us all to by the end of the series is found in Acts chapter 17 in verse 28. If you're not familiar with this verse, um, we, uh, we have the Apostle Paul preaching in Athens, Greece. He's actually at a place called Mars Hill. He's mixing and shuffling up with some of the philosophers and, and really heady guys of that time, the Greeks of that time that were caught up in a lot of religious idolatry, and he gives one of his most powerful gospel presentations. They have the statue to an unknown God. And he starts preaching who that unknown God is, that is the God, right, that created them. And uh, he says this in Acts chapter 17, verse 28. He says, For in him, for in Christ, we live and we move and we have our being. As also some of our own poets have said, For you are also his offspring. In him, in Christ, we live. And we move and we have our being. That is what God wants us to uh, get to. That's the destination he's trying to take us to. He wants us all to have a confidence that we live and we move and we have our being in him. I love what the passions translation, how it says it of this verse. It says, it is through him that we live and function and have our identity. If you're looking for identity, if you're struggling on who you really are, through him, in him, we live, we function, and we find our truest identity. This is so powerful, right? And this is the heartbeat of this series that we'd all come to the knowledge and understanding of who we are in God, who we are in Christ, and because of what Jesus did for us, that we would live that we would function, and that we'd have our identity in him. And so today we're going to start, we're going to build, all right? We can't just like machine gun a bunch of in hymns on you and say, good luck, get, get after it, right? We're going to build in this series. And so uh, today we're going to start by building our confidence in God. We're going to start by building our confidence in God because here's the deal, to unlock our true identity, it's only found in God. But if we don't believe in God, or we don't have confidence in God, or our view is tainted uh, or misled of God, then any in-him realities won't do a darn thing for us in our lives if our confidence isn't built on God. Does that make sense? And so we're going to settle that thing first before we dive in for the last three weeks and get after some of these in-him realities. And so the title of my message today, if you're taking notes, and, and I pray that we all leave here with today today, is what I like to call Godfidence. Someone turn to your neighbor and say, God-fidence. Godfidence. Yes, I did say Godfidence. That's God plus confidence equals Godfidence, all right? We're gonna go after some Godfidence today, all right? And we're gonna leave and get some confidence. So if you would, would you join me in just another moment of prayer as we prepare our hearts and our minds to receive from God's word and His spirit this morning? Heavenly Father, we love you so much and we just thank you for your presence here with us today. Lord, we thank you that your word is truth. And Father, we want to find our truest identity in you. Lord, speak truth over every mind. Lord, we cast down every lie and every doubt, and every uh, demonic thing in the name of Jesus right now. And We thank you, Lord, that we are tuned into your Holy Spirit. Lord, that we would receive from heaven today our truest identity, confidence, confidence in you, Father. Lord God, that that from that place, we can experience everything that you've purchased and want for your children to experience, Lord. We we receive it all by faith in advance, and we pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. So, why do we need Godfidence? I'm glad you asked. Because we have an identity crisis going on in our culture. We have a major identity crisis crisis, right? So many of God's people and we're we're guilty of this too, all right? So many of God's people have a misplaced identity. They do not know what their real identity is. They don't really know who they are, right? Many people associate their identity in what they do. Right? So who are you? Well, I'm a teacher. I'm a doctor. I'm a business person, I'm a contractor, I'm a builder, right? I, I play sports, I like this hobby, right? I, um, I have a YouTube channel, right? I have X number of followers on social media, fill in the blank, right? We, we answer some of these questions of who we are by what we do. That is what we do, but not that is not who we are. And if we get those confused, or if we put all our confidence in what we do, then what we do when that's taken away from us Like we lose our job, or a curveball hits us, or, you know, we have this identity of being a parent, but something happens with our kid, Our whole life can be put in a tailspin if we don't know who we are. Does that make sense? And so that's great what you do, and God might call you and anoint you to do that. There's nothing wrong with what you do, but what you do is not who you are. We have to put our identity and our confidence in God and Him, Right? And what we, what, we, what we, who we really are and is what truly matters and what we're going to try to get to in this series, and it really, it boils down to who we are in God's eyes. Now, you might be out here in another area, and this, this is getting, this gets me too, but a lot of times, we can get our true identity, unfortunately, from what others think about us, what others say about us. Is my mic coming in like hot at you? Are you like, calm down, sir? Maybe just put me down just a tad there because I'm not even getting as loud as I'm about to get here today, all right? I'm just just warning you. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, start low with this guy, all right? Pump her up, pump her up, but start start crickets with me. I only build, all right? Like a wind-up toy. He's like, here he goes. He's starting to turn red like a shirt, all right? It's gonna, he's going to blow, all right? We can't get our true identity from what others say about us. That, that's fear of man. That's people-pleasing, and that will ruin our life too, Right? The fear of man and people pleasing often keeps us from God's best. I love what Craig Rochelle says. He says, being consumed by what people think of you is the fastest way to forget what God thinks of you. Being consumed by what other people think about you is the fastest way for it to whoop fly right out of what God actually says and what God thinks about you. In Proverbs 29, 25, that's the passage of scripture where it talks about how the fear of man is a snare or a trap. I like how the message translation reads, in Proverbs 29, 25, it says the fear of human opinion disables. It literally like par- paralyzes us and shuts us down. But trusting in God protects you from that. That's why it's so important for us to have god because god protects you from what others think about you. From what others say or have said about you and helps you really line up to what the Father says about you, which is where our true identity is found. And so the other thing is, we all know that the enemy, the devil, Satan, Lucifer, however, whatever name you want to put on him, he's a punk, isn't he? He's a punk. And the devil knows that we are, as as God's creation, very vulnerable when it comes to our identity, and that's a big place that he'll attack often to get us off our rocker, so to speak, and to get us out of God's will and God's perfect plan for our lives. He he wants to steal our identity. He wants to mess with God's plan and God's call on our lives. We we know this very well. We're very familiar with verses like John ten ten, where it says, He the thief comes not only but to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus says, I have come that they might have life and that they'd have it more abundantly. Amen. So he's a thief. And not only is the, the devil a thief, he's the world leader in identity theft. He's a the world leader in identity theft. Now, we say that term, identity theft, many of us are familiar with that term, right? Right? In, in the common culture, identity theft is when someone gets a hold of your personal information. And they start creating a mess of your financial and your credit, all that, right? They 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 start maxing out your credit cards, and they start to open up accounts in your name, and all that kind of stuff. And they they just make a mess, and they try to get you in trouble, like you did that, right? You have to pay the bill for that, while they're running off with like a bunch of uh, goods, right? The identity theft's a real thing that happens in our generation. And and as I was thinking about this identity theft, I was like, dang, that's what the that's what the enemy tries to do to us Christians. He tries to. Mess up our lives, right? Uh, In in Revelation 12, 10, I don't have a verse, but uh, the enemy or Satan's known as the accuser of the brethren. What the heck does that mean? That means he talks smack. He tells lies. He trash talks against your truest identity, right? The enemy comes to try to steal our identity. he say, you know what? You're a sinner. You know who you are? You're a loser. You're a nobody. You have nothing. You're an addict, He'll come at you and say, you're a mess and you can never do anything great for God. He'll come at you and accuse you and attack your identity, stealing who God wants you to do. Or, like we were just talking about, he'll try to put overemphasis on a false identity and he'll try to get you lean into just what you do for a career or a hobby or whatever and get you to put all your eggs in that basket, right? And there's a difference in this, right? Some of us, uh, like, he'll say, you're not just a spouse, right? Like, he'll say, you're a spouse, Versus you're a child of God who happens to be married to fill in the blank, right? Or you're just a parent, you're just a stay-at-home mom, you're just a dad versus, no, you are a child of God who also has the opportunity and privilege to raise up these kids, or you're just a businessman, or you're just a salesperson, or you're just a marketer, or you're just a construction worker, right? Versus, no, you are a child of God with a bunch of benefits we're going to talk about this month, anointed by God to do that task or that job. Does that make sense? So he'll attack and put a false identity on you. And when, when that marriage no longer lasts, you're in shambles. When, when something happens and a kid is taken from you, you're in shambles. When you lose the job, you're in shambles if your identity is in that false identity, but if you're secure and confident, you got that confidence up on you, it don't matter what happens or what circumstance you're dealing with, it doesn't change the fact what God thinks about you, amen? And he thinks good thoughts towards you. Can I get an amen about that? And so why, what do we need? We need protection from this. We need some identity theft protection, right? And I haven't really shared many stories from Bible school, uh, at least recently, uh, but if we're going to go back in time 15 years ago, all right? to when Eric and I were in Tulsa, Oklahoma at Bible School at Ramah. And uh, while we were at school, we had to work. Uh, we were newly married and uh, I had a job. I was employed by HSBC. Many of you guys might be familiar with them. They're not really common here. It's a global international bank, big in New York and some of the bigger cities in the United States. And so I worked for their call center for their credit cards and I was in their customer service department in high sales for them. And so my job was to answer phones all day, all right? If you ever worked in a call center or ever called a call center, yeah, it's a frustrating place. Both for the people that work there and for you on the other end of the line. Like, now nah, I was one of the English speaking ones. No, no offense there, right? Uh, you're like, can I talk to somebody? I can understand, right? It's like, yes, here I am, right? I'm, I'm sane, I'm normal. Like, talk to me. What's your issue, right? And people would call up about random stuff about their cards. Like, how, how much available credit do I have? Why did you charge me this late fee? Can you take that off? Yada, 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 yada. That's me on the other end of the line. Not only after we service them, our job on the high sales team was to then upcharge and upsell these people to buy stuff that they didn't intend to buy to get charged on their credit card, all right? So, um, you know, they, they never had the intent of doing that. They, they called, most of them, about 90% called really angry. Like, take this late fee off, and I would say, no. And then upsell them. How, how does it even work? I don't know. I learned a lot about people and a lot about their needs and how to de-escalate really angry people uh, in that position, but uh, we'd sell them reward plans, we'd sell them subscriptions, you know, reoccurring things that they forget about, right? Five years later, like, I paid $500 for this thing that I never used, right? Like, it's bad, all right? But that's what I did for a job, right? In Bible school. So I, was, I got the word by day and, you know, I'd do that by night. I was on the night shift, right? And I'd get saved every night and then go back to, you know, Bible school. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, no, it was, honestly, I, I, we did this very ethically and whatnot. And we read disclosures and all that good stuff. But one of my best sellers at the end of these calls was identity protection. Again, this is 15 years ago, so this was when identity theft really became, became on the rise. Nowadays, most of our cards and accounts come with it automatically bundled in. You're like, I don't, I should already have identity protection. We have that, right? But it would help people, one, prevent them from getting their identity stolen. And number two, if it did happen and got compromised, it added a bunch of different layers of protection, obviously, to help them navigate that and, and more coverages and whatnot. And so, um, I realized, why, why did I sell out identity theft protection? Is because all people are the same. We want to be protected. We want to have peace of mind. And we want to be safe, confident, and secure that we know we're taking care of. Right? And I saw a lot of it. And so I believe this is also true for us spiritually when it comes to our relationship with God, that, that we all need identity protection, right? We, we need confidence in our true identity, right? We need strength to stay true to who we are. We need confidence, amen? And so for the remainder of our time together, I wanna share with you just a few things, a few ways we can attain some confidence in our life. Are you guys ready for this journey? Number one, know whose you are. Know whose you are. This will make sense in a second, Right? This is so important and foundational. Before you focus on who you are, you need to know whose you are. I'll say that again. Before you really focus on who I am in Christ, you need to know whose you are before we get to that. Because that settles and that's the foundation that God can build on, right? Before we jump into a bunch of in Christ realities and in him realities, we have got to know and wrestle with the question, whose we are, right? And if you want to put it in common day language, The question is, who's your daddy? And everyone laughs about that. Who's your father? Not natural. That's another series for another day. Many of us have natural father wounds. And a lot of the dysfunction in our relationships and our distortedness of God the Father and all of that actually come from a natural relationship is is broke, because we live on earth with a curse. We're not going to talk about that today. I'm talking about spiritually, who's your father? Who's your daddy? And biblically, when we look through God's word, there's only one of two clear choices and answers to that question. Number one, the devil, or number two, God. There's only two that I see very clearly. Let's, let's look over here and check out what Jesus said to the religious leaders who had heard about him, but they didn't believe in him. In John chapter 8, verse 44, this will help clear up some stuff uh, with your relationship with God and what the devil's all about too. In John 8, 44, Jesus said to these religious people, you are of your father, the devil, and the desires of your father you want to do. He was murder from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there's no truth in him. When he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own resources for he is a liar and the father of it. So who was the, their father in this passage of scripture? The devil, right? And, and, and what does that father do? he speaks lies. There's no truth in him, right? He's the father of lies. Man, and I'll tell you what, this this should get us fired up because a lot of times we'll crack the door and we'll let the enemy in our life and let him speak a bunch of junk and talk a bunch of trash and put a bunch of labels and containers on our lives that God never intended, right? And we need to know that that is a bunch of lies, that is not our true identity. When we place the devil as our father, we'll never live from the place of confidence in God and who God has created us to be because the devil can't tell the truth. There is no truth in him. He takes truth and he twists it. He takes truth and he perverts it. He takes what God has meant for good and he tries to turn around and make it evil in our lives. And he'll take your true identity and he'll twist and pervert that and get you to believe in and sell out it to a lie. And if this happens, you'll never truly walk in your truest identity how God created you to be. and How sad that is. Unbelievers and believers alike kind of get duped in this, right? How many of you guys know there's a better option for our heavenly father, amen? There's a better option for our spiritual father, and it is God, amen? His name is God, right? Check out John chapter 1, verse 12. But to all who believed in him and accepted him, He gave the right to become children of God. Only a few short words. That verse, if you just, hold on. But to all who believed in him or believe in Jesus and accept Jesus, God gave the right to become children of God. Hello. That is some really good news. Anyone ha- ever believe or accepted in Jesus in the space today? Let me see a show of hands or let me hear you. Come on. And if you're here today and that's you, you've got some good news for you. If you're here today and you're still on a journey, you're like, I'm not sure if that's me yet. Man, we're so glad you're here. We're so glad you're tuning in. And at the end of my message today, real shortly here, we'll have an opportunity to put God in his proper place in our life, to get in on this so that we can be, all become children of God. But here's the deal. If you're a child of God, then who's your father? God is, amen, right? Not the devil. If you're a, if Jesus is your Lord and Savior, then you're a child of God. If you're a child of God, then your father is God, amen? This is a game changer because the devil is the father of lies, but God is the father of truth. That's good news, right? And so... He speaks truth over you. He only wants what's good for you. And if your father said it, then that settles it. Amen? You've got to hold a, get a hold of these promises if we're going to go through this series and just really settle it down on the inside that God thinks this about me. This is really who I am. This is my truest identity. And everything else has to go in my life. Amen? This will really help solidify your faith. You see, God created you. He made you on purpose, for a purpose. and. And he knows your truest identity. He wants to reveal it for you. And so when you know that God is your father, you can know who your real identity is. That's why our mission here at Alive is so important. To help people know God personally and to live for him passionately. We can't really connect with our God-given identity and purpose without first having a personal relationship with the father through his son, Jesus Christ. That personal relationship is everything, right? When you have a personal relationship with God, he becomes your father. When he's your father, you can be confident because you know you got a daddy in heaven that can kick some butt and take some names, amen? He can get it done for you. He can back up. He can fight your battles for you. He can provide for you. He can guide you. He can lead you. He can give you the wisdom that you need. You're out, Shoot, you don't need to have confidence. You have what we like to call this morning, Godfidence, amen? Turn to your neighbor and say, Godfidence, so don't forget to know whose you are this morning. You are a child of God. God is your father and therefore we can keep moving forward. Amen. So let that confidence rise up, rise up in you. Number two, number two way to gain some confidence in our life is number two, know who to boast in. Know who to make your boast in. To many people, and we're guilty of this and we can be tempted too if we're not careful, they put their confidence in themselves. Their abilities, their talents, their schooling, their degrees, their business experience, their fill-in-the-blank, right? And, and, and God often just gets like an honorable mention when things go good. But that's not how God designed us to be. And their, their confidence, when we, when we operate that way, our confidence really isn't in God. It's in us. It's self-confidence with a little hint of God, Right? It's like how my life. she likes uh, Diet Coke with a hint of lime. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's all Diet Coke, but a little bit of lime. You know what I'm saying? So if, if we're putting it all on us, it's all us with a little bit of God. You know what I'm saying? God wants to flip the script and have it the other way. Now, don't hear me wrong. There's nothing wrong with being passionate and excited about how God has wired you, how God has created you, how God has anointed you, how God has gifted you. Amen? The only difference is our faith and trust can't be just in that. It's got to be one step further back in the source of who gives that. Does that make sense? And so the apostle Paul, he wrote a bunch of the New Testament. He understood this very well. He had a pretty good revelation of who he was in him. And he was a pretty messed up dude before he met Jesus, all right? Uh, let's, talk, let's take a look at a couple things here. I just want to show you where to make our boast if we want to have that confidence. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 31. Paul says, by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, he says, therefore, as it is written let the one who boasts, boast in the Lord. What, what's going on here? God says through Paul, if you're, if you're going to boast, if you're going to brag, if you're going to make a really big deal about it, if you're going to put your confidence in something, God says, do it in me. Put it in me. If you're going to make a big deal about it, put it in God, right? Because all All that we have is because of what Jesus did on the cross for us, right? We did not earn our salvation. We cannot earn our way to heaven. We cannot be a good enough person. We can't attend enough church services to get to heaven. We can't do enough good deeds to be better than our neighbors so we'll get in and they won't get out. The Bible doesn't teach any of that. That's what I grew up in, a bunch of religious duties and being better than somebody else. No one one gets to heaven through that way. The only way we access all that heaven has for us and eternity in heaven is through what Jesus did for us through his death, burial, and resurrection. That's when we get in him. So if we really want something to boast about, Jesus already over 2,000 years ago already gave you and I something to boast about. It's that he was dead, but three days later, he was alive and he's still alive again today, amen? And if you know him, he lives in you so you can come alive to your purpose, to your truest identity, and to that confidence that we can have in him. And so we're going to get some ammo this, this series on, to really pump that confidence up as we get into some of those in hymns. But man, Paul, if you know anything about Paul, he could have boasted himself in himself and his flesh. He talks a lot about it in Philippians chapter 3, verses 4 through 11, real quickly. He says, although I also might have confidence in my flesh or in me, if anyone else thinks they have confidence in the flesh, he says, I more so. Circumcised the eighth day of the stock of Israel, the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of the Hebrews concerning the law of Pharisee, concerning zeal, persecuting the church, concerning the righteousness which is in the law, blameless. But what things were gained to me, he says, these I have counted for loss for Christ, yet indeed I also count all things loss for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and I count them as rubbish, that I may gain Christ and be found in who? In him. Right, Not having my own righteousness, which is from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness which is from God by faith, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being conformed to his death, if by any means I may attain to the resurrection of or from the dead. Paul got it right. He, out of anybody, could have bragged. He could be like, Yo, hey, I don't know if you heard these verses, I fit the religious leader to a T. I more so than anybody else, Right. I used to persecute Christians, and now God's using me to reach people, right? I've went on missionary journeys, and now I'm seeing the power of the gospel preached everywhere. I was bit by a poisonous snake, and I just shook it off. Come on now, right? I penned two-thirds of the New Testament. I'm all that and a bag of chips. I don't know if you know who I am, but I'm kind of a big deal. That's how we get when we get all puffed up with pride, right? Paul could have been like that, but instead, Paul made his boast in Christ. He says, I count it all loss. I count all that stuff, my resume, my pedigree is rubbish, as garbage compared to the amazing excellence of being in Christ. Our truest identity is found in God and found in Christ. And so from this place of boasting, we can have confidence in the Lord. And when we have confidence, man, Paul went on to pen one of the most popular verses right after this that many of us quote, Philippians 4.13, which says, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength not all things through myself or Paul who gives me strength but through Christ amen and so Paul had a revelation that there was another identity better than his own that he connected with and when he connected with God could use him in a really really powerful way so here's what we need friends we don't need self confidence we need god confidence right we need god confidence in our lives right when we boast of Christ we make him big When we make him big, he can move in big ways. This is how it works, right? And so may our faith and may our confidence be in the Lord and may our boast be in him and nothing else, amen? So we've talked a lot about God. Remember, confidence is God plus confidence. We saw that, right, when he's our father, we're a child of God and we can make our boast in him. But let's talk about the last piece real quick as we wrap up this morning, and that's confidence. So the third way to gain confidence is number three, just simply walk with confidence, walk with confidence. When we put our trust in God, when we get our true identity from God, when we realize what Jesus did for us, then we also get God's confidence to us, all right? I love what Paul says in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 12. He says, in whom, in Christ, in whom we have boldness and access with confidence through faith in him. Boldness, access, and confidence through faith in Him. If you study out some of those words there, boldness means all outspokenness, it means frankness, it actually means bluntness. Boldness through Christ. If you struggle with sharing your faith with others or being confident in your relationship with God, Know that as you find your truest identity in God, as you unlock God's promises for you, you will be more confident in this area. I don't care what people think. I don't care how socially awkward it is. This God is so good. The Jesus I serve is amazing and I'm unashamed to tell others about him. It will help your confidence in this level. It'll get you boldness. Access, what does access mean? It literally translates admission. And I like to link it this way, free admission to all that God has for you. We have free admission to all that God has for you. If you are here today or you're tuning in online, you've been living a mediocre, barely get by Christian life and you're just not satisfied with that, just know that in Christ with God's confidence, you have access, you have admission, free admission, God's already purchased a season pass ticket for you. You just need to know what's in your package. Amen? Amen. What Jesus already did with you, those tickets are already at will call. They already have your name on it. You simply have to go pick them up and understand what game you're attending, where to be and what to do, right? We're gonna learn that as we go on today. And then confidence is it's just reliance and trust. We get that through God. Through Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection, he, he conquered the spirit of fear. He opened the door to the Father and he gave us his confidence, amen? give us his confidence and side note we're just coming out of a prayer series right we could talk a lot about this but real quickly i need to i want to show you this reference when we walk with confidence in god it affects our prayer life too it definitely affects our prayer life first john chapter 5 verse 14 and 15 many of us are familiar with this but it says now this is the confidence that we have in him That if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, then whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we have asked of him. When we ask anything according to his will. As we've learned, as we continue to learn, God's will is God's word. And as we dive into these in him realities this month, you're gonna know what his will is. When we begin to pray from a place of knowing God's will and praying God's will over yourself and others, he hears you. And if you know your father in heaven hears you, you can best darn get excited because he's not deaf and he's gonna go to work on that promise, amen? He's gonna work that thing out for your good and for his glory in your life, amen? And so next week, don't miss next week because we just built the foundation today. We didn't even really get into bunch of in hymns we're going to look at what it means to be in him and look at a couple of the in hymns as well as the lord leads us some are like well it's pastor it's super bowl sunday so i'll say well the game's at 6 30 and the, the crack dip don't need to be started at nine all right and none of you care about any of the teams anyways all right and the, the commercials will be okay and who knows how trashy the halftime show will be this year i don't know Can we watch it or can we not? I don't know. Make it a priority to get here every week this month because I believe God will continue to build your faith in these areas because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God, amen. But today was the first and necessary step for us to understand our true identity and those in him realities in him because we have to first have confidence in God. And so I pray, church, that we're stirred up this morning. Anybody like feel like, ooh, I'm a little Jack Diesel up in here. I'm walking out of here. I'm going to Myers. I'm like, what's up? What's what's wrong with you, man? (laughs) Confidence. Now it's pretty cheesy. Don't go to the tattoo shop and get like confidence down there. Don't don't tell me Pastor Eric did it. You know, told me to do it or whatever. You do what you want with that, but it's just a great way to remember God plus confidence equals confidence, right? I hope you're fired up. I hope you're 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 excited. You're leaned in. May your posture and your heart be open to say, God, what's my true identity in you? This will change your life. It will change your marriage. It'll change your relationship with your kids and how you raise your kids. It'll change your relationships with those at work and how you work unto the Lord. It'll, it'll change the words that come out of your mouth when you're boasting about God and not yourself. It will change everything. And it'll make a legacy of that in your family tree. And that's powerful. And so may you find your true purpose and true identity in Christ and be confident in who God is and who he says you are. Would you guys pray with me? Heavenly Father, we we just thank you for our time together this morning. We thank you for the word of God that's living and active. It's powerful, it's sharper than a 200 sword, Lord. It discerns our heart. It pierces us. It edifies us. It encourages us. It challenges us. And we're just so grateful and so thankful, Lord, that you've given us identity protection from the snake, from the enemy, from the punk who comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus, you whooped him. And you said, you've come that we might have life have it more abundantly to the full till it overflows, Lord God. We thank you for this confidence that's rising up on the inside of us that we know whose we are. That if we know you, Lord Jesus, then we're a child of God. And because we're a child of God, Father, you are our Heavenly Father, and everything that you said about us can come to pass in our life, and everything that you meant and did for us, we can have access to with boldness and access and confidence in you. And so, Father God, may we be strong in you. We're t- singing about Mighty God this morning. You're a mighty God and you live in us so we can be mighty for you. Father God, we thank you, Lord that you have shown us by your word that we can boast in you, that we can make our brag on you and not our own accomplishments and not our own giftings because they all come from you. And lastly, Father God, you give us the courage to walk in confidence because we know who our daddy is. We know who our father is. We know what we have access to, Lord. As we continue in this deep study this month, Lord God, may may the word come alive unto us. May our truest identity come to the forefront and may the lies of the enemies and the labels of the enemies and the things people have spoken over our lives that's not in line with your plan and your identity for our lives. May that fall off. May it lose its sting. May it lose its power, Father God. We are gonna rise up in the confidence that we have in the Lord, Father God, and be mighty and do exploits for you because we know our God we thank you for that we receive it by faith and we pray it all in Jesus name and everybody agreed said amen amen so be it confidence so so get that little swag in your step spiritually we're not talking about cockiness talking about confidence I'm good my God will fight my battles amen I'm not worried, I'm not scared, I'm not fearful about this situation because I know who holds it in his hands, amen.